To tell the truth, more things of importance happened to me and Marceline than have happened since, or are likely to in the future. Walt Disney. This week on Slice of Disney, Marceline, Missouri. How are you? How are you doing? Welcome to Slice of Disney, an awesome Disney's hometown podcast. I am your host, Kelly Washington, Disney-obsessed enthusiast and real-life Tinkerbell. And I'm your co-host, Will Lentz, occasional Disney-goer and real-life railroad train. You are a person, Will. That's up for debate. (laughs) Unless we're living in the Matrix. This would not be the first time in our intro we've mentioned being in the Matrix, actually. Um, I've definitely been an animatronic before, so well, yeah. maybe that's why that I was sense. like, yeah. "Why? Why has this come up before?" <laughs> You're just slowly getting on to me. I know. Uh, well, we're doing it. I, I wouldn't say we're doing it. I say we did it. Oh, we did it. Uh, we are back. Uh, I'm in Los Angeles. Will is in Paducah, Kentucky. That's right. And we are excited to share our experience exploring Marceline, Missouri. Yes, we are. We took a road trip up to Walt Disney's hometown, or at least what he considers to be his hometown, um, in Marceline, Missouri, uh, and checked it out. It was actually pretty cool. Uh, But before we get into our experience with it, I think we wanted to tell you a little bit about the town. Yeah, even as a Disney-obsessed enthusiast, I didn't really know much about it. It is a very small town. Yeah, just to give you an idea of how small, according to the United States Census, the total area is 3.3 square miles. That's it. I mi- I missed that in your notes. That's the city. I mean, there's definitely more county areas. You know, there's more space in the county and stuff like that around it. But but also with the census, there's only 2,200 people. That's it. It is so tiny, so quaint, and so dear. It is truly a one-road town. And it's it's also like, I mean... Despite all of that, there's plenty to do. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's very cool. So it started as a railroad town, right? Yes. Yeah, so the city of Marceline was uh, started during the great expansive movement of the Santa Fe, the Santa Fe Railroad in the 1800s, 1880s to 1890s. And th- these towns, I, you know, to be honest with you, I didn't really know that these there was a thing called railroad towns because... I grew up in the suburbs. You live kind of off a not railroad, but kind I of. I live on a like I live on like a, a barge town. Yeah. Like, uh, on a river, um, so I guess it makes sense that there would be railroad towns too. But uh, but yeah, I didn't know either. And apparently, it was just named after uh, a guy's wife, the railroad man's wife, who kind of established it, uh, Marceline. And I think it'd be pretty cool to have a town named after me. So uh, <laughs> we'll we'll get to work on that. William Town. Um, Williamsburg. I mean, I, I some say that they named Williamsburg after me. After Will, York, they so. just knew you were coming, mm-hmm. and they went ahead and did that. I, th- I, I want to wrap my head a little bit more around the idea, and I got to see a lot of it in driving across the country, um, from Georgia to Los Angeles. But how many of these towns were that they built the town around the railroad, and it was how far can they go before, you know, the people on the train moving everything across the country would have to stop and eat and so that was really like the building the town around this 
one building that was the railroad station um and it's funny where i stayed in colorado also that's how it started it was a railroad town oh gotcha yeah barge town railroad towns you had the whole whole experience on yeah the way back but disney moved there in 1906 and the whole reason that he moved was they were living in chicago illinois where walt disney was born and his uncle had already moved to marceline the Disney's were not happy, and I think that they were struggling with work, and um, you know they they didn't really have a direction. I think in Chicago, so they ended up. You know, the uncle was like, "Well, come here. Like, I'm helping build this town, and it's awesome, and I think you'll really like it." Elias and Flora, Walt Disney's parents, checked it out and said, "You know what? This place is pretty dope." I'm sure they used the word "dope" too, and. <laughs> And they ended up moving there. And even though this is not where Walt Disney was born, this is where he really identifies his childhood and really said, like, and says that he doesn't think any of what is, you know, what became of Walt Disney wouldn't have been possible if it weren't for his experience in Marceline. Yeah, that's an interesting what if, right? Like, I mean, because I think, you know, it's not like. It's not like Walt Disney isn't the kind of person that was going to be successful at whatever he ended up choosing to do. Like, that's probably a given. You know, he he was going to be a successful person, whatever he ended up doing. Right. Um, but if he didn't have this inspiration, I wonder what it would have been. Yeah. Might, might have still been, might have, might have been the same thing. It just would have had, like, a different flavor to it. But This is where he experienced a lot of his childhood first. He went to his first school. He saw his first motion picture there. He caught a fish. And I'm sure on that lake that we saw next to the barn. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the first time that he saw the live stage production of Peter Pan, which ended up having a huge influence on him. Um, the story of that was apparently at around 10 years old, him and his brother Roy convinced his parents, like, we got to go see this play. It's coming to town. And it had such a profound impact on him. He ended up being Peter Pan later. Yeah, it was still in Marceline at school. In a school, yeah, in a school production. So I... I wish that I could take what I'm visualizing walking through this town and for everyone to see. Um, It it really is one road. You might go off the road to go to like the elementary school or something. I did think it was fun that it was like, oh, we got got to go check out his school. It's two minutes away. Yeah. (laughs) Everything was right there. We got in. Yeah, we got in the car to like, all right, well, now we're going to go all the way. Oh, and oh, let's. I, I turned on the GPS to go to the post office. Oh, it's across we, the street. We could have walked here. <laughs> I would say the biggest thing that would be a first of Walt's, or maybe even, uh, I don't know, impacted all of Disney. He talks about the Dreaming Tree a lot. The Dreaming Tree. Um, they they lived on a forty acre farm, and there was this tree and a lot of times uh, he would be responsible for looking after his younger sister, Ruth. And instead of maybe being as responsible and doing what he was supposed to do, he would find himself going under this tree and just dreaming of all of the different animals. And he would, he cartooned all of them. Yeah. A lot of the stories that we heard from Walt or about Walt (laughs) were like, he was supposed to do this one thing, but instead he was up in his imagination. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it ended up okay, but like he wasn't super responsible. <laughs> uh, in the museum, there's his desk from when he was a kid. And, and, like he's like carved his initials in it. And you're like, 
Walt was, he was definitely one of those kids that's like a troublemaker, but you know is going to amount to something. Like, Just goes to show you kids, don't listen to adults and do whatever you want. No, that's not good advice. <laughs> but let your imagination run wild for sure. Um, he, he really, for whatever reason, this tree really, he felt like had magical powers. Um, we'll share a little bit more about the tree with you uh, in a very special interview. We are going to release next week. But um, the tree has fallen. They tried to keep it alive as long as they could, and it lasted much longer than these trees normally do. But they have a piece of it in the museum that you can touch. And take inspiration for your life. Yes, I felt very special. But yeah, it's one of those things where I tend to be a little skeptical when hometowns claim large celebrities as being hugely impactful on their lives. Yeah. Um, Just because... I don't know, a plethora of reasons. Uh, but I, I, I yeah, this one is kind of like hard to refute. And, and, and not just because of like the stuff that happened at his young age, but also like as you see his relationship with Marceline as he got older and became much more successful as the time that the parks are opening, um, he still like went out of his way to uh, try to honor Marceline and try to return to it when he had, when he had the chance to. Um, and I think there's like one really... Uh, one really fun story about kind of his first uh, warm hug he gave back to Marceline. Um, and I don't know if you wanted to share that with us. Yeah. He makes sure to acknowledge it in different films, um, such as Lady and the Tramp and So Dear to My Heart. But here's a really special story about him coming back. So in 1956, um, they were going to dedicate a swimming pool after Walt Disney. And I guess the city had you know, emailed him. Or emailed him. They did not email <laughs> I need to get my brain out of the 21st century. Um, <laughs> they sent... They, they shot him a slack. Yeah. They penned him a telegram and uh, saying that they were going to do this. And Walt was like, well, I I want to come back. I, If you're going to do something for me, I would... I want to be there. So the town's like, oh, okay. Well... We, we better get ready. Um, and well, lo- even funnier than that, I think they asked. They were like, there's no way Walt would want us to do this. But like on a lark, let's send him a letter and see if he's if he's open to us naming the pool after him. And he was like, of course, that would be awesome. I, I love Marceline. I would love to be uh, in it. I would love, I'd love for you guys to do that. That would be a huge honor. And uh, and then, as you said, they were like, oh, okay. He's like, I want to be there. And they're like, what? <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, they didn't feel like now that Walt and Roy were Walt and Roy Disney, they didn't feel like they had a, an appropriate place for him to stay. They had one motel, but it was really run down. There was no air conditioning. And so they didn't think that was appropriate. But there was a new family that had moved into town. And they had gone all out on their house. You know, maybe a little above their means. They'd built this beautiful home. They had air conditioning. Um, and so the city came together and was like, well, hey, what if you, what if Walt and Roy stay at your place? And they were like, oh, no, 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 that we can't do that. Uh, our furniture is old. And no, 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 we couldn't do that. So then the town said, okay, cool. Uh, we're going to buy you furniture or give you, you know, or people who had really nice furniture were like, please borrow this. So they made this home really nice and special for Walt and Roy. And this family was the Johnson family. And they actually run the Walt Disney Hometown Museum now. 
Um, so you get to hear them kind of tell these stories from the firsthand experience. And the the woman who runs it now, her name is Kay. Um, at the time of the swimming pool opening, she was eight years old and went right up to Walt Disney and, you know, was really excited that they were staying. And she said, well, what room are you going to be staying in? And he said, well, what's the best one? Well, of course it was going to be her room. So Walt and Roy ended up staying in her bedroom. That was her big claim to fame at eight years old <laughs> that yeah, and, Walt had and stayed And Kay's still involved with the, uh, with the, Disney fam- the Disney company, too. I think she spoke at D23 recently. So, like, you know, if you, you'll see her around doing different things. Um, but that's, I mean, that just goes, kind of goes to show, like, there is this kind of, it's, it feels like family between um, the whole town of Marceline and, and you, Walt, or at least it did at the time. Right. I think you get that vibe and being there that everyone seems like friends and family. Um, Walt returned to the town in 1960 when he again stayed with the Johnson family and uh, they he dedicated Marceline's new elementary school. Guess what it's called? Uh, Walt Disney Elementary School. Wow. <laughs> Did I get it? You got it. On the way out of town, we actually swung by the the, the elementary school, and it wasn't in session because COVID. Uh, but you can see some of the like, you know, they have like the Disney decals on the outside, and I think you know, I think they've got more murals and stuff on the inside. But obviously, we were not uh, trying we- to break into an elementary school. <laughs> um, yeah, we're rule followers, so we did not do yeah. that. Uh, yeah. The playground has Disney stuff. I mean, I think it'd be really cool to go in elementary school. Yeah, the more that I think about it, the more I'm like. Well, obviously, I didn't try to break in, but I do feel like there was part of you that was wanting to break in. Mm, I'm not going to confirm or deny that information. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is, maybe the door's open. I don't know. Let's just check. <laughs> we'll let them know they forgot to lock it. I don't know why I have these giant pliers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, then he, he continued to go back, even when things were hard, you know, and, and he's growing Disneyland um, and the Disney movie corporation. But there was a ride. There was actually a ride at Disneyland that he ended up moving up to Marceline. It's called Midget Autopia. Asterix, I don't think that that name is probably politically correct, but that's what it's called. So um, it's a miniature version of the Autopia ride. And so they put it up in Marceline. Unfortunately, I think it got a little run down over the years. So now you um, can see some of the cars and you know what it looks like and stuff in the museum um yeah it's the only attraction that they've moved out of disneyland to somewhere else so yes. the idea was i think at the time um walt was really investing in trying to make marceline more of a destination as well i, I don't know that it was ever going to be like a park but he he definitely brought this attraction there and i think he had plans to uh try and you know create that as a as a place where people take trips to too um but while this planning was going on um, is when he got sick and when he ultimately passed away. Yeah, it was called the Marceline Project. Um, it, it was something that him and Roy were passionate about, but it was abandoned in the 70s. I'm sure with Walt Disney World, you know, taking up a lot more time than maybe they expected. Um, but they, the town of Marceline, I think, does want to refurbish the ride. Um, and I think that they would like to have a little bit more of that. I would love to see the Disney Corporation give some more attention and love to Marceline. Um, it's not over, you don't, it doesn't feel cheesy, like overly Disneyfied. There's Disney stuff kind of little, like, it feels like hidden Mickey's everywhere, but it doesn't feel like, dun, 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 like, it's not like Vegas where it's like, you're in Las Vegas. 
Yeah, it's like you notice the font uh, in the way that Mavic's uh, Corner Cafe or whatever is is written is like the Disney font, or you see like little you know Mickey's on the on the street signs and stuff like that. But it's not. But you also see like the local sports team, the Tigers. Um, oh, like go Marceline Tigers is I everywhere. See. Yeah, like, you saw more of that than anything Walt Disney. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, it is still very much a hometown. And I think that's what made this such a cool experience is like, it is, it doesn't feel manufactured. It feels real and genuine. And I think that's what's, was so cool about it. Yeah. I, one of the other buildings I do want to point out uh, before we get into a little bit more of our feelings is even something as small as a corner inspired a spot that's very iconic in Disneyland. The Coca-Cola Corner, uh, where I've gotten to talk because it's my like favorite weird tidbit of the lights, the, the red and white alternating lights that Walt wanted, then did one that's half red, half white. Mm-hmm. That corner, it was a jewelry store called Zerker's, and he's been open about the fact that that little corner that would most of the time just look like a building and you'd pass by it, but something like that even inspired... <laughs> a corner in Disney. Yeah, absolutely. And you see that everywhere. And we and, and and you'll hear that, you know, more as we get into our thoughts we captured while we were there. Yay! Um with all that said, we did record uh, the night after exploring Marceline, Missouri, and we wanted to make sure to capture all of our thoughts and energy from that day. So, without further ado, back in time to Marceline, Missouri. <laughs> Me and Will are in Marceline, Missouri right now. We have just finished having dinner from the GT Grill. Or Center Stage Grill. Or Center Stage Grill. It has multiple names. Or the something lounge. I think it was Center Stage Lounge. No, It was like Center Stage, GT Lounge, and GT Grill and Bar. It is right across the street from our Airbnb. And it was such a wonderful experience. We were wanting to record this. And... We were like, you know what? We're a little tired. We had a really long day. We probably need to fuel up. And I'm so glad we did because it just it gave us that extra boost of why Marceline is so special and what a great day we've had. So we wanted to kind of recap on our Marceline experience while it is fresh in our heads and while we're here in the moment. I hope we get interrupted by a train. <laughs> I hope we don't, but I don't think that it's going to listen to me. So... <laughs> Um, but I, I think I'm going to tell you this quick story about our GT Grill experience just to kind of give you the vibe of what an amazing town this is, that clearly the energy that Walt felt as a child has carried over and has continued to exist in this small town. Why are you judging me? What is <laughs> going on? That just feels like a big leap. <laughs> what? I don't think it's like, oh, well, Walt was here for five years. No. Now we are forever changed as a town. No, I don't. I wasn't saying that Marceline is changed because of Walt. I think Walt is changed because of Marceline. I, I, I buy that more. I think it is a town. It's a small town. And it is one where, like, you can grow up and experience, like, a small community like that. And I think that that is definitely what we felt. And, yes, I think that that helped define Walt. Yes, um, that's what I was trying yeah, to say. Yeah. So we entered and we kind of look like we don't belong here. I may be wearing a beanie with two little balls on it. So, you know, you know, I'm here for Disney. Yeah, the Mickey ears <laughs> beanie. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and 
Will comes in with his like artist swag, which was called out to him. I I think it's like I have long hair right now, and I have a survivor buff on, so like yeah. it definitely is, you know. <laughs> So we go in and we're greeted by this lovely woman who's just like, come on in. And, you know, is is it going to be two of you? And we're like, oh, no, but we're going to get some food to go. Uh, the local high school football game was on the television and it was a full crowd very into the game. The people who were working there could tell that we weren't from here and they were excited to ask where we're from. And I feel like sometimes when you come into a small town, I guess... I don't know, from the movies, I assume people are going to be like, well, where are you from? Like, why are you here? I felt like we were welcomed with open arms. Where are you from? That's so cool. You're obviously here for Disney. And they embraced that. Yeah, I think I think if there was going to be animosity towards people that were from the outside coming in, we probably wouldn't have gotten the classic, where are you from? We just wouldn't. <laughs> it just would have been like kind of frosty. We're like, we oh, okay, here you go, whatever. Yeah, just we wouldn't really heard much. but they But they were like... We had three, I think, separate people come up to us to have different conversations. They're like, oh, where are you guys from? You we know, did. Yeah, three that. different people asking where we're from, really excited to talk to us. And we just told them how much we were enjoying our time at Marceline. It turned out that the couple that run the restaurant happened to be from or live in Alpharetta for 20 years, where I'm from. Yeah. Crazy small world. And she told us a story that I'm going to reiterate. She told us she has the best Marceline story. In 1955, she was 10 years old and from Arizona. So everything around her was the desert. Beige is the Beige, word that she used. yes. And when she went to Disneyland, it was the first time she saw something so magical. It was full of greenery, these flowers. She brought up the flowers. And then she went onto Main Street. And she was just overwhelmed with joy. She put that back in her brain and kept that as, you know, a little seed of positivity. Went on with her life. Then she met her husband. And her husband took her to his hometown, you know, to meet his family, Marceline, Missouri. And she got here and she goes, oh, my God, I've been here before. And she realized it's because of Disneyland. Yeah, because this is... uh, Main Street is so influenced by this street that she already had this positive energy and, and familiarity with it. And now she lives here with her husband and seems like she's super happy. And it was uh, a delightful time. It was. We, we really enjoyed that moment. And it just kind of solidified what Marceline means. If we are staying right now on Main Street, USA, the actual Main Street, um, I'll tell you a little bit about our day. We wanted, I mean, we came into this, if I'm going to be completely honest, with Will kind of being like, oh, yeah, I don't even know if we're going to have a full day of things to do. So we're going to squeeze in recording three podcasts in one day. I'll go one step before that. The idea to come up here. Oh, came, yeah, let's start there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the idea to come here came from you're heading back towards California. So you're going to be going through the middle of the country anyways. Yes. You're going to swing by. And, and I was coming to visit you. You were coming to visit me. Hi, Will. Hi. And, um, <laughs> And my dad, who is a big fan of Slice of Disney, hi, dad. Hi, dad. Um, was like, you guys should go record an episode in Marceline. It's not that far away. And I was like, well, it's six hours. That's not not far. Um, and so I mentioned it to you. And as like a bit. Yeah, I mentioned it as a joke. Uh, <laughs> but I think I might have even clarified, like, I don't even know if I want to tell you this because I know yes. if I do, you're going <laughs> to take it seriously. 
and you did. And I came up here f- for that reason. Um, and it's it was worth it completely. Like I I am uh I was surprised at how enjoyable the day has been. At how like you know cool of a stop this has been and kind of excursion. Like I it it is way cooler and more fun and more enjoyable than it has any need to be. And it's genuine. Exactly. It doesn't feel forced. It doesn't feel like we're throwing this Disney stuff down your throat. It's kind of tucked away in this. It doesn't feel forced or manipulated. It feels natural and warm. I, you know, in coming here, like he said, he thought it was, a, you know, going to be a joke. I ran with it and was like, that is a wonderful idea. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'm so glad we did. I this is not sponsored in any way, shape, or form by Marceline, but I really miss Disney, and I miss the, you know, piece of magic that the parks give me. While I haven't been comfortable enough to go to Disney World, and Disneyland is not open, this was such a wonderful way to get a little bit of Disney magic in a different way. So while we're in COVID, if your family is looking for something to do, this is a wonderful excursion. I could not recommend more. Absolutely. Um, and now I think it's worth getting into sort of what we did today. Yeah. So we woke up and we worked on Slice of Disney. <laughs> and then we got ready and we went to the museum. The museum is in the old Santa Fe station building. We got to talk to the creative director. We can't wait to show you some of that. But he had said this building, when they started the museum, completely run down, abandoned for a decade, not taken care of at all. And they kind of just, it was like a pop-up. It was supposed to be like a three-day thing honoring Walt. And everything in it was donated by his sister, Ruth, and things that she had kept over the years. And it was really important to her that these things stayed in Marceline. Mm -hmm. And like... After that three day, the original three days, they said people just kept wanting to come. And so they just started to leave it open a little bit longer. And I think what we found out uh, when we were at the bar just recently picking up food um, from the hostess or from the owner was that uh, this was the first time they've had it open year round, too, yes. uh, because it was becoming more and more popular. And in fact, you know, Peter, who you will hear from, I think, in, in next week's episode, told us that. This is the busiest year he's had, in part probably because of the park's closures. But I think also, like, it just seems like it's a really cool thing. And I think as the secret gets out uh, a little bit more and more, um, people are, are are wanting to check it out. Yeah. And we've talked on the show before. We're not Walt worshippers. You know, we don't love everything that people have said about him. We don't love everything that he's done. Right. But we do love what this place represents and truly the fact that this one person had a dream and never gave up on it even through multiple bankruptcies through a lot of no's he just persevered and went forward with his dream which (laughs) I don't want to be too corny but like that's how I live my life it is so you know my work is so important to me that I felt so oh my god I'm gonna like cry (laughs) I it just means a lot to me because that's the kind of person I want to be yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, like like you're saying, we're not we don't put Walt on a pedestal. And honestly, it doesn't really feel like they do here either. I mean, you do to no. see, you do to see some to some extent, but I think at the end of the day, what you're really seeing is there's 
Marceline does a really good job of humanizing him. That that's been the biggest lesson of today. I know we we still haven't gotten really into today, but I I think we're just pretty emotional because we came in here going, yeah, we're gonna see this thing, and not even being Walt worshiper type people, we are coming out of this with such a positive um, glow from experiencing. Yes, like he was just a guy, mm-hmm. and that is told to you repeatedly in the museum and talking to the people in the town like he was just a dude and he had a big dream and it all started here and he gives so much of how disney the corporation we know today was possible because of all of the things that he experienced growing up here you know he was from chicago he went to kansas city but this is where it all happened. And Peter had something that uh, he told us before we got on the mic, so I don't think it's in the episode, so I'll mention it here, um, is that once Walt left Marceline, he started working, basically. like, And then he worked for the rest of his life. And so he was always going to feel like an attachment to like childhood and boyhood here. And since most of his work went towards, you know, capturing childhood again, obviously this is going to be a, a big a big piece of him. And, and you wow, know. Wow, that's brilliant. Yeah. We should have gotten him to record that. Oh, part, man, that was so good. Yeah. And uh, Peter's great. One of the things that I thought, like, just to get into a little bit of the specifics, we're not going to go too deep into what is at the museum because you're going to hear that in another episode. But if you've ever been to a presidential library, that's what this felt like, um, which but is like fun. Well, presidential I... libraries are super fun, too. I know I'm a dork, but it's but it's the same kind of thing where it's like <laughs> this is what their childhood. was. This is this very prominent figure that, you know, this is what their childhood was like. This is what they were growing up. This is what they did in high school. This is like, this is their letterman's jacket. And then here's their campaign as they got to the point to where they are now. And these are the big events that you know them from. And this was more focused again on the human aspect of it, but it did feel like you're, you're getting to, you know, one of the things that was so interesting was reading the letters that he would write home to Ruth and, casually mentioning projects they were working on at Disneyland. I'm just like, oh, you know what? We're doing this one on the Robinson Crusoe tree and treehouse. Right. And it's like, and that's a thing that you might know from this. By the way, like, how are the kids? I've, I've, atta- I've added some stuff in here. They might, I know they're getting older. How is, and it was just like, this is yeah. uh, so by interesting. The, by the way, what do you want for Christmas? Right. You know, it was. Any, any hints for Christmas, I think was the. Oh, yeah. Any yeah. hints for Christmas? It was so. Suddenly, he was a tangible person. And to think about it that way, here's just a guy. And then going to thinking about the theme parks and just what a huge conglomerate this is. Mm -hmm. That was like, oh, wow. You really, you know, some things are hard and life sucks sometimes. But keep pushing because it's worth it. Yeah. Um, So moving on from... Yes, on on that sappy note. Uh, (laughs) We went to the museum. Um, I made Will take pictures with me, and it was freaking freezing. It was so cold. Uh, And I'm like, take pictures with me. Are you talking about at the museum or the barn? Oh, it gets worse. It gets colder through the day. Yeah, yeah. We entered the museum. Uh, Peter was working the front desk. Could not have been more friendly. He kind of encourages, you know, shows you how you start because you're going to watch videos that give little pieces of history as you walk through and see the different artifacts uh we said okay and then we immediately did not listen to what he said and we were, when there was like wait we're lost oh wait he told us to go right there and there's an arrow on the yeah, ground there are yellow arrows pointing where to go <laughs> and we just didn't do that uh-huh. but we did that you get to walk through this really cool museum uh it's in 
that old railroad station. So that automatically feels really cool. You're going to find out some of the stuff that's in there. So I don't want to focus on it too much. But um, I'd like to maybe, what was your favorite part? My favorite part um, is not a bigger part. But it was when I first realized kind of what we were going to get with this, right? And it was we first go into the room and we're seeing they're talking about this uh, dedication of a pool that they put here to Walt. And um, and he had written a letter back to them being like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. I would love, like, of course you can do that because they'd requested whether or not they could name it after him. He's like, of course you can do that. Um, my only request is... I would like to be in attendance for the, um, I can't do it in the next month though. Is there any way we can push this for the next year? And like, just, and he was like, and I will prioritize. Pause for train, pause for train. I'm glad that we both took the time to like read the letters and stuff. I didn't read all of them by the end of it. No, no, no. But, but, but that, that first one I was like, huh, okay. That's not what I would have expected from this. It it suddenly showed the vibe Mm -hmm. of the museum. Yeah. So he's like, I can't make it in the next month. Uh, but if we can delay it by a year, I will make sure that it's on my calendar and that I will be there and um, would love to participate in it. And that was the moment I was like, oh, OK, you know, he this really, you know, this isn't a town that's like and Walt says we're the most important part of his life. This is actually kind of what he felt. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that that was there's a lot of other parts of the museum that I really liked, too. But that was the moment that I was like, oh, this is something different. It changed it for you. Yeah. So what about you? What was your favorite part? Make it as uh, important and meaningful as mine. <laughs> wow, no pressure. I'm annoyed that mine's kind of the same as yours, but I'm going to go with it anyway because that's the truth. Seeing the letters that he would write his sister, and there's a, a spot each, once you get into like those kind of like family rooms where they talk more about the Disneys, which to be honest, I didn't know very much about. Um, that's very cool to just learn a little bit more of their history and like why they ended up in Marceline and you know who are they and his sister Ruth she apparently was you know not a big fan of crowds a little more to herself and so on the opening day of Disneyland she wasn't comfortable being there so Walt sent her a really nice television so that she could participate and be there in spirit and watch the opening day of Disneyland and and in the museum is that television and it's playing the opening day video of Disneyland. Yes. That was really cool. That was really cool. And it was fun to see, you know, as we've, we've listened, if you listen to our Main Street episode, you can hear us talk about the, you know, different shops that are there. And in this video, you get to see them. And I've never seen that before. I haven't found a YouTube video where it was like that clear or yeah. all of it. It's long. I mean, you can watch it all and you sit on the couch and you're in this room and, she, you know, there's a bunch of her journal stuff surrounding you, letters that Walt wrote her personally saying, yeah, you know, I'm really busy. You know, we're working on a couple things. There's an enchanted tiki room where the whole room is full of animatronic. I don't think he said animatronic, but mechanical Probably. birds. And for him to say it so, you felt the energy of an excited young kid at the same time of this guy who doesn't quite realize what he's creating yeah and i think for me when i read those letters it felt in a way like me talking to my sister about the stuff that i'm doing work related um yeah in a way where it was like 
this is this is it it's not that important let's get let's talk about the more important stuff um and that and i think that is what i thought was so interesting the family yeah exactly. yeah let's talk about family oh yeah you know we're celebrating my birthday i totally forgot it's my birthday and because i forgot it's my birthday more importantly that reminded me it's your birthday soon and that's why i'm reaching out to you yeah and so exactly it's like it's not the stuff i do is not that important it's it's the other stuff yeah i think that 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 definitely that's a good that's a good uh takeaway from it too so we we went to the museum i highly recommend it and then we went back and we went to the post office and because this is something really special the Walt Disney it's called the Walt Disney Post Office it's the only government building with Walt's name in it mm-hmm. And you can go there and they can cancel. Is that what it's called? Yeah. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a loser. I was like, I don't really know what this is, but it's cool. Yeah. This is definitely one of those things where like, and it's the only place where you can have this thing happen. I was like, cool. All right, I'm, I'm doing, here. Yeah, I'm it's in. across the street. I got nothing else to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you, we, you know, bought a postcard because you can bring anything for them to do a letter or whatever. But we got a postcard and we got a little Disney stamp on it. And then you take it and they stamp it with the date. And then it has the make dreams come true or something like that. Uh huh. And it says Marceline, Missouri, Walt Disney Post Office. Yeah. Um. So they were so nice. Everyone is so nice here, and nobody's like oh, tourists. They're like, yay, tourists. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. And the cynical side of me is like halfway like, are they really being nice? But I think that they are. I even I was taking like an Instagrammy kind of picture of my postcard with the post office in the background, and this guy had left his truck on because he's clearly just like running into the post <laughs> office and running out. He waited for me to take this silly picture with, yeah. and not like begrudgingly. Yeah, just like waited. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think yeah, it's just for me. I was like, oh, I bet they're just they're judging us, but I don't <laughs> think so. I think they were all everybody was really nice. Yeah. Um, then after that, there's uh, w- the next place we went to was even colder than the previous places. I, I was dying. But we went to Walt's Barn, and it was cool, too. So Again, cool. I'm not the kind of guy that marks out over this stuff, but it was also <laughs> cool. <laughs> I love it. It was, it was freezing. We're going to definitely make sure you understand how cold we were. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to, you know, like have a couple different outfits to yeah, go. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. If if you know me, when I go to the Disney parks, I like take my Disney outfits very seriously. I have not been able to dress up and go to the parks in six months. <laughs> so for me, this is Disney time. Well, it makes sense now. And I like to have my my put together outfit. So we go. You get to see where the dreaming tree was. Mm-hmm. You get to see this beautiful farmland. It was too cold to walk around. Um, I, I I walked around a little bit, but yes, it was. It was very cold. It was and very windy. Yeah, it was very windy. I would have loved to walk around a little more. Yeah, it was still very enjoyable, very beautiful and peaceful. Yeah, and it looks out kind of onto this little lake. Mm-hmm. A it little looks pond. like a, a pond. It looks like a movie scene. Yeah, it does. There's also like little pockets of trees that have been like brought in and planted by different types of people, and there's little signage on them, and and all these di- like they're. They tell you like the genus species and all that type of stuff too, which was kind of cool. Um, but not to bury the lead a little bit, but the barn is so cool because on the inside, everybody is you're encouraged to write messages to Walt and sign your name. And like we obviously did that, but then also like there's artists that you know have drawn the cartoons that come by and they'll write they'll draw their own cartoon on there and sign it. Disney and, legends mm-hmm. and not Disney legend cartoonists alike. Mm-hmm. That was super cool. I uh, again, we're doing the walls this. are covered. Oh, 
I have to look up some of these artists. Mm -hmm. I took pictures of ones that looked clearly like they were from the artists themselves, but I haven't had time yet to dissect that. So I want to because that's very cool. I feel like a lot of these places that are historic are like, no, you get out of here. No graffiti for you. And this place was like, no, we want you to honor this. Peter gave us a Sharpie and was like, make sure you do this. Yeah, yeah. So we did a little slice of Disney um, honoration there. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote my own little sappy thing. And I what said, did you write, Will? I said, thanks, Will Lentz. Wow. I was, I'm appreciative. There's something surreal about being here. And I hope that that comes across in this podcast. I hope that when you're thinking of your next Disney trip, this might spark an interest. It is very much so, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's like 30 minutes to the closest Walmart. Yeah. But there is a, like a grocery, a grocery store, store right here. Yeah. Uh, we went to that grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple very awesome, cute restaurants. And again, the people are nothing but welcoming. It's an incredible experience that we've had. I'm excited to reflect on it a little more. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to make sure that we uh, captured some of our initial feelings and, and, and so we could share them with you. Uh, I, I will say when I was debating whether or not I was actually going to go through with this and come up here with you, um, I tried to look up some information around it. And there was like one or two things out there that was like, it's a must hit for any Disney fanatic and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I'm not really that. But just kind of reading <laughs> through it, it was like, right. there is more here than I really thought. Um, and then once you get here and you see it all, like it, it really does add a whole new layer to everything. Yeah. I want to be clear that it's not kind of like a Disney thing where you're like, there's so much here. There's so many attractions. We have right. to hit all the attractions. It's a feeling. It's the sincerity mm-hmm. of the town. And it's clear that that had a big impact on Walt. And I feel I feel that impact today and kind of a reminder of why I love to be an actor so much, why I like to share in storytelling of this podcast. And I feel very corny. And I will say one thing that will be a little less corny, maybe. I hope that over the coming years that Disney does not forget about this town. I really hope that. I don't see signs that that's going to happen, but I'm just hope <laughs> like with, you know, with the way that things go and they're, they recently announced that they're going to be focusing more on streaming and there's always this kind of stuff that's going on with any type of business and, and with capitalism, like there's less return on your investment on something like this, but it is, it is special. So like, I hope that whoever's in charge remembers that and continues to help the town out and, and or 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 you know support it in different ways and partner. We heard we heard some of that's happening partnerships. Um, so just keep doing that because this it's cool and it's totally worth it. I think what makes Disney so unique is that sincerity and that yeah that childlike wonder and magic that comes with it. And so, yes, I hope that the executives at Disney remember where it all started. And it's, again, God, I'm so corny today. I'm so sorry. You know, the big thing that Walt always says, like, it all started with a mouse. And under this dreaming tree, that's what he was doing. He was just drawing cartoons of what he saw and these animals, and it all started there. So if the executives, you know, as the company continues to become this monopoly conglomerate that has taken over the entertainment industry it's not going to feel the same if you don't remember that agreed well said yeah um, thank you guys for going on this journey with us 
We took a lot of videos and pictures today that we're excited to share and have you be a little part of this journey, but we also encourage you to check it out yourself. Absolutely. Um, even if you're like me and, you know, not so sure about it, uh, find someone like Kelly to go with, <laughs> um, but it, it was very cool. My favorite part was walking around. They go, you're here because of Disney, aren't you? We could talk to that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, hi. (laughs) So thank you for listening. I hope that this episode helps you want to spread a lot of love and joy and magic to all of those around you. Um, If we can help you do that, please follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Slice of Disney, and on Twitter at Slice underscore of underscore Disney. You can email us uh, with any questions around this trip um, or, you know, thoughts or things that you want us to cover Or if in the you've future. been. Or if you have some other kind of cool hidden part of the Disney culture that we haven't talked about yet, I, I think that I would find that very interesting yeah. to hear about too. Uh, you can email us at sliceofdisneypod at gmail.com. Who? <laughs> forgot it for a second uh, slice of Disney pod at gmail.com uh, rate review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, share with a friend yeah give them a little love today well thank you for listening we are sending you a little extra pixie dust today uh, cause we love y'all okay bye <laughs>